0: We are a week away from 2020. Um, we are a week away from capping off our first year. Yeah, pretty much first year of In the Weeds. Myself, Alan, Sergio, and guest Zoe, because she wouldn't stop <laughs> Uninvited um, trying to let herself in. Uh, and we're in here because we are building out a new studio. So going into the new year with a new studio, we're excited to get off the ground. We wanted to recap the people we had on this year because we all feel like we had some some monsters come on the show. Recap our thoughts on them, some standouts, and also talk about some some big moves that a couple of them have made. I mean, they're all making big moves, but a couple recently um, have made some really big strides out in the business world, the personal world, the athletic world. That we wanted to point out here, and uh, and maybe give a, a couple pieces of insight into who we're, we're scouting for 2020 and close things out with a bang. So without further ado, number one, Dan Folkerson. Um a good friend of ours. Our first time sitting in a room doing a podcast. Dan was an awesome test subject. I think an awesome first episode. And uh, yeah, I mean, what? For you guys, that seems like probably forever ago.
1: Uh, it, it does seem that way. But a lot of things, um, well, I try to do this for every episode, but I try to at least take something personally away, something that I can you know, apply to my own life. And for him, it wasn't so much that something that I could apply to my current life, but something that I've always done and i related to him is uh, I, what I loved about his story is that he was willing to go the extra mile and make those sacrifices that most people don't. People want things to happen instantly or they think they, they keep doing what they're doing currently. They're going to get there. It's not how it works. Sometimes you got to make that extra sacrifice. You're working eight hours, work 12. you got to do that extra. you got to make that extra push to make things change. There's always got to be a catalyst and, you know, sometimes the status quo isn't going to get it done. So. The fact that he was willing to do that when he was—he's—he told us, you know, he was, uh, you know, working at Stingaree. He's going to law school. He had all kinds of other issues going on, but he still made it happen. That's to me what stuck out. Mm -hmm. I agree,
0: and uh, I I think—I mean—his biggest mission statement, and he said it on the show, was he wants to bring a better name um, and reputation to personal uh, injury law. Which anybody who doesn't know, like there is you know, they, they get coined the ambulance chasers, right. they get coined very petty, very greedy, and there's a lot of money that circulates through personal injury. And there's a lot of question marks behind certain cases and um the clients, not not just the attorneys. So I think if you follow at Dan Fulkerson or at Bada Fulkerson, you'll see that it's 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 like his it is his mission. Every day he is trying to bring a better name. Him and his partner Paul, because Paul is equally Um, behind pushing it i mean i don't think i've logged on on social and not see him doing some sort of charity event Um, and most all of them he's backing it sponsoring it supporting it whether it's money his staff lending hand Um, so he truly is reshaping an industry that probably probably needed it or needs it still so i i think that's uh for me that was admirable for me too like the, the first person we have on. And yes, our relationship played into it, but we had someone whose whose Dan's successes have been the, like incredible.
1: So, yeah, and um, he's absolutely disrupting that industry in a mm-hmm. positive way. I mean, he's catching a lot. Of, he told us on the show he's catching a lot of heat from other people in his industry. But I mean, sometimes that's what you got to do. You know, got to move the needle a little bit, and uh, he's reaping all the rewards for it.
2: You no, know, I and sure that adds um, to my life, but the reason why I'm as happy as I am is because I've been able to wrap all the things in my life that I love and I truly do enjoy helping people. And I also enjoy being able to disrupt an industry that really needed to be disrupted. And I think that that's probably part of it that gives me as much passion as even the, the practice is being able to do things such a different way in an industry that needed change so badly that's, that's my fulfillment. Like, that's what I get to wake up every day. Like knowing that I'm going to change the way that people look at personal injury attorneys. It's not going to be the sleazy, slimy car accident, you know, smile and show me, you know, tell you whatever you want to hear to get you to get what I need out of it. Like I'm going to change the way that this industry works and that's my passion. Totally. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think that know. Yeah. That's a big theme that I took out of the, uh, the episode was, um, him believing that he can change an industry that has been for so long kind of rooted in what it is now um and have i think that uh, a lot of the times having the belief that you can actually do something is the first step to actually doing that thing that you want to do especially if it's disrupting an industry or uh you know changing the status quo Um, i
1: mean for him specifically that industry you got to be crazy to go in there thinking you're going to change things from the way they've been for so long. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he had all the reason in the world to not go after it, but he did it. So, I mean, that to me is very inspiring. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And uh, if you keep an eye on him, like I know we are, he's uh the guy, sorry, Zoe. The guy is is moving, m- moves at an incredible rate. So. I know he'll be someone that we probably circle back with and and talk in the future just with some of the stuff he's working on and a lot of people don't know in 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 a month we actually our company's opening up uh, our first restaurant and Dan's our, our partner on the project so that probably will be a good stage to to get in front of and, and talk to him now as like a, a as a business partner to update how the shop's doing how he's doing and everything and, and going back to to guest number one so um. Yeah. Great first episode. Anything else you want to touch on that, or we jump into number two? Let's jump into number two. Number two, our only female
1: guest so far. Yeah, and a lot of people have told us that's got to change. <laughs> they have. They have. We'll get some more in there. I mean, we're not doing it on purpose. It's just how you know people. The people that we have on 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 our on our podcast are very very busy, extremely busy. Mm-hmm. So you know the calendar works. It you know. It's very specific ways, and uh, I'm sure we'll get another one in there. But Gina uh, was a great guest. Uh, she had an incredible story. Um, got very, very personal.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, no, you're in, right. In a good way, in a good way, though. Um, I mean, but... it was incredible to hear her story. Thank you so much.
0: Well, I, I think because it's been so long, and I was trying to do some some personal recap on, on these episodes, is I forgot, you know, you're right, she did get very personal with... Uh, nice. You know, her brother's passing away and, um, and her start it, it we, we require a, a level of humility coming on the show too, because you got to be able to be comfortable sharing where you started, um, how you got started, like really the, what we, I mean, we call in the weeds portion of your career, your life and everything. And for someone like that, who she, I mean, she has a day nationally or recognized in San Diego as the Gina Latina day. She's like, she's on top of the radio world. To go back and, and, and really be humbled and, and talk about when she was just, you know, on the promotions team, trying to make a name and wanting to quit over and over and over and then her brothers passing and all that, like it, it it's kinda it's kind of a tough ask and she, she definitely Dude, she, she killed it and she made it for a really, really great um, show uh, for all of us. So I thought that was great.
3: My goal is to be an inspiration. And I've always said this is like, if I can come from where I'm from and make it, you can too. And that's mm-hmm. what like when I go speak to schools and things like that, that's what my goal is. Because I feel like kids from that area need to know because that you can do whatever you want. Sure, maybe a little bit harder. Sure, you may need to work a little bit harder. Sure, you may need to hustle a little bit more. But like I feel like I am living pretty that you can be from wherever, go through whatever, and still do what you want, that what makes you happy.
1: Yeah, the good thing about her show is that it showed that you don't necessarily have to be in the weeds, per se, just in your work. It could be a personal in the weeds moment. You know, she went through a lot of emotional turmoil, you know, with the passing of her brother and all that. And it was not just her, it was her family. And obviously she had to make that move away from them. So it shows that, you know, it's not always just a work-related matter. It could be personal, emotional. Et cetera. So it was good to have that aspect brought to the show.
0: Totally, yeah. And I think we're we're on the prowl for for more female guests on the show. Mm-hmm. But I don't I, I don't think our selection process has anything to do with um, with that. We kind of just uh, roundtable it. And and I think in 2020 we're going to have a couple a couple good ones come on. But I, but Gina definitely take take away setting the bar for a female guest. She set the bar in general for for all of our guests because yeah. right now she's uh what she's up to um, today yeah. shoot man guy girl or dog doesn't matter <laughs> She's she's a tough act to follow so Gina Gina was a great number two i mean again our second guest and we have someone who who's you know doing what she's doing is pretty pretty cool yeah so number 3 number 3 was
1: Chase Fisher Chase Fisher man what a <laughs> That news that came out this week about teacher, i would like to think we were the catalyst for that. <laughs> Chase, <laughs> I'd like to think we put that out there. Chase, the and if you're listening,
0: <laughs> our podcast episode was what caught their you attention. Know, <laughs> maybe, yeah,
1: maybe a few points our way. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, Pete, for those that don't know, you can go ahead and break it down for them.
0: Yeah, well, um, I think we can give like a preview, but he's definitely someone that I reached out to and and want to. Um, he'll be one of the first people we get in front of to circle back on just because what that news and that release is such a big deal. But Chase is the owner of uh, Blender's Eyewear, which on itself is is just doing um, incredible business. But we brought him on because we've known Chase for a while. And Chase also started as a true in the weeds um, story, you know, selling sunglasses out of his backpack, selling them to people that he was giving surf lessons to right. doing whatever it takes to it going to a trade show and selling nothing. Um, you know, so getting kicked down, getting back up, kicked down, getting back up. Um, and it's really cool. And and truly the cherry on top, when we saw the, the piece of news a couple of weeks ago that uh, his company was acquired by, well, 70% of it was acquired uh-huh. by um, a, like a international global eyewear brand. It's like an, an Italian, Italian eyewear brand. manufacturer. Yeah, so he's... Uh, he's truly doing like the entrepreneurs like that's and I, and I saw me put a post out yesterday or the day before saying you know I never started this to sell it and and I I can relate to that you don't I don't I don't think unless you're really into something um just for the the, the back end payout uh, he's like I wasn't into to to sell out however the idea was to get this as as the distribution and and awareness and spread of the brand as much as possible and this is um for them Mm -hmm. the way to do that so obviously it came with a a a nice check and a few zeros (laughs) however however you know the only that the text i sent him when i saw it was was strictly just like because he said he i said congrats he said he's so crazy and i respond like not crazy it's it deserved you know that's what everybody who takes the 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 steps he's taken and, and the fights he's fought um it's deserved and he's still it's 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 um a great scenario all across the board because he's still the CEO still has 30% still running it. Like nothing's, nothing's changing. Cause I know culture was a big thing to him. Um, the brand, the lifestyle, all that, that's what makes blenders what it is. So it's not like he's stepping down and all of a sudden these guys who have zero idea what, what drove blenders where they are, they're smart too. He said, no, we still want you. We're just going to open this channel up a little bit. Well, a lot of bit bigger. We still need you doing what you did to get it here. So I think it's a win-win-win across the board. Um, so he will 100% be someone who, and there's probably other people who want to sit down with him, but I feel like we got first right of refusal <laughs> uh, that we sit down with and, and really peel back the process because I think it started right around when we when we did his episode was mm-hmm. when they first started the negotiations or talks on it. Right. So we'll, we'll truly get, to get caught up to speed on how did that go? Because I, I, I don't know with something that, um, to that level. And he's very like, that's his brand, you know, that's his, that's oh, his no. child.
1: and that was, and I was going to comment that I, I am a hundred percent sure that he had to have, you know, um, something in, in the deal where he was going to still be as hands-on as possible, at, because mm-hmm. that's the one thing I took away from him was how important the brand and the perception of the brand was to him. Mm-hmm. He was very hands-on on how, you know, from everything from the Instagram posts, to uh the styles everything he was very hands-on and i even asked him you know when do you know how to you know, step back and let the people that you have working for you um make you know make those decisions or or put in that work that needs to be done and he said it's the hardest thing he has to do totally
4: there's no special shots in anything you do at all like there's no mm. there's no like home runs it's like what i've learned it's a bunch of fucking singles yeah over and over and over like there's no like one hit wonder like you always look for it You always look for it. And when you start out, you're like, that's, you're looking for that one thing that's just going to rocket you to the top or give you that Mm -hmm. overnight success. And it just doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's going to get you there is doing the work Mm -hmm. and just learning, going through the process and like understanding that it's going to take
1: time. Step back. So I'm 100% sure, you know, that was one of the, um, that was probably a deal breaker for him, making sure he stayed on in some capacity to where he could still guide the brand in the direction he wants to. So awesome episode though.
0: Yeah, it'll be, it'll be kind of cool to hear. What's changed now? Mm-hmm. Um, getting them in the loop, or if anything's changed at all, you know, if
3: the day to day just kind of feels the yeah, same. I feel, I feel like for somebody like him, the day to day is just kind of the same. And I, I saw the same post, and I think he said, "Is like tomorrow, it's blenders as as
0: normal, business as usual." Yeah, yeah. Um, they probably just have a. I mean, he. You'll probably start seeing him travel, move, move around, yeah, because sure. it's now, yeah, in a different capacity. So. Awesome, awesome episode and awesome follow-up. So that was definitely one of the ones that we that we wanted to touch on the what they're doing now. Uh-huh. Because everybody's doing a lot, but um number three.
1: That was number three. One and
0: done. Number four. R- Artem. Artem. Yep. Artem, I think I'm one of the few people that can say the last name. Sharoshkin. <laughs> it's because it's a joke. I got to, I got to learn that's what I call him by instead of his first name because it's Russian. Um, he actually had a big, a big, uh, acquisition. Well, not of his company, but he acquired since we, he's been on the show. Um, but Artem is, uh, the owner, um, of, of the boxing club, which is a, a large boxing and fitness gym, gyms here in San Diego. Um, and we did talk about that, but to, to follow suit with our brand, you know, we went back to, um, you know, his, his story and our was a, a Muay Thai fighter that's fought, fought on pretty much all the big stages across literally the, the world. Um, and we talked about Armenia and Thailand and, and Vegas and, you know, all the, and, and being over in Asia, traveling around and, some really funny stories and i was thinking back on those too you know about the weigh-ins being butt naked and other (laughs) shit like so he's got what stood out for me when i was kind of taking notes on each episode um this year was i loved getting inside the fighters mentality Mm -hmm. because you know and he even pointed it out that uh big businesses now are actually uh, it's a value seeing on someone's resume that they have any sort of mixed martial arts experience, mm-hmm. just because you know their, their durability and the way that their their uh, mind operates. And and he's definitely in a space like the fitness space right now. It's very popular, but it's very very competitive. And he's also um, dedicated to the lifestyle and brand and culture for mm-hmm. all of his members because fitness memberships right now you have a lot of options. And and we are we're members, so we we see firsthand the time and attention that him and his staff put into it. Um, But since the, since the episode again, I mean, in, in in tandem with everybody else, he's making big moves and he just got his next location. So he had a, a business deal and a new location in Kearney Mesa, which is about, 20, 30 minutes outside of downtown downtown San Diego, where we are now, um, and it's open. They had their f- they formally had their grand opening two Couple or three weeks weekends ago. ago. Couple weeks, yeah. um, but it's up and running. <laughs> so that was one where the, it was an existing gym. It was a, a Muay Thai gym, and he he bought them out, rebranded. So he absorbed their members. Which from what I got from him is a really difficult transition, and he's got his next location. So um, I know he's got one. Other one in the works, potentially two outside of California, one in California. Um, but I, I, going back to the episode, I just love the fighter's mentality and, and getting like the, those those war stories and how it like it went from being in Thailand fighting to, you know, taking over boxing club and applying right. it to business.
5: I took a company that was losing money, like massively losing money and then uh, uh, ready to close down. And mm-hmm. now the first year, I mean, we were struggling. Literally like counting every single dollar, because we had no budget to rebrand, we had no budget to sometimes barely make payroll. Barely make payroll, mm-hmm. right? And another thing too, me coming from the coaching position, how do I position myself in the company as an owner when yeah, ev- all the other coaches worked with me as I was just a coach, right? And even though at that time I, I Under previous ownership, I I held a position of a director of training. So I was overseeing training. But first and foremost, I was a coach still, right? So now I have to kind of change the tone and say, like, no. Like, now I'm in a different position, guys. And how do you do that, right? Mm -hmm. How do you do that? And how do you uh, recreate the same old culture that the boxing club had and all these things? So that was a massive learning process. And in 2014, I can't tell you how many times I thought we're going to close down.
1: So,
0: yeah, that's my... Two cents They're
1: doing great stuff over there mm-hmm. I and mean, it's it's hard to um, compete with with what they've got not uh and I think he pointed out adding the the luxury factor to what traditionally isn't a luxurious type thing you know um boxing you go think you think boxing gym you think it's grimy you think you know it smells like sweat, It's dirty everywhere but you walk into the uh the boxing club man. it's not that
0: no. You also think unfriendly. You think animosity. Absolutely. You think yeah, like there's you know who's, who's got the intimidation the chest. factor. Yeah,
1: I like mean going to a boxing gym, and I think I told you um, from the first day that I joined up, everybody on that staff knew my na- knew my name, and they addressed me by my f- first name, and it was everybody across the board, and it kind of weirded me out. Like, well, I don't even know you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you don't know my name. <laughs> you know my no, life, right. <laughs> but everybody knew my name. And I've noticed that now that I've been going, uh, they do that for everybody, and that is such a big, big thing where everybody's friendly, everybody's offering help, and everybody knows you by your first name. It's 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 such a small thing, mm-hmm. but it it you know makes you feel welcome, mm-hmm. and that for for a lot of people, first timers, beginners, such as myself, when I was in that position, it it changes things. It makes you feel totally. comfortable. You're, you you want to go. You're not as intimidated um, by going so. And I feel I like so.
3: it's part of uh, part of that fighter's mentality that you were talking about. Pete is uh, is those little things, um, and I, I think for anybody that's in a competitive sport, especially uh, mixed martial arts, where you are a half a second late, uh, you know, you're gonna get knocked out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's those little like details, or you know, right. you can take over from from fighting to to business. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you you say that too
0: because you're you're right and they all know your name. It's not just one. Like most all the trainers front desk know your name. Mm-hmm. And all of his trainers are all. I mean, we just saw Gio's last fight. He was one of his lead trainers. Right. They're all professional fighters. Mm-hmm. All of them. I've seen Marvin fight Muay Thai, Gio boxing, uh, Raquel because boxing. The They're all champions. So these are all like some of the most so dangerous G- people. Just- and you walk in and they know your first name. It's a hug. It's a welcoming in. And they, and they teach classes to people who it might be their first time putting gloves on. Or they could be a professional. You mm-hmm. could be standing next to someone who's a professional in the class. So they've really bridged that gap on. Hey, when you walk and, and if you look too, there's a lot of females that go there. Which Absolutely. normally you think it's called the boxing club. You think as a woman, that's that's I'm, I'm intimidated just by the yeah. name. Yeah. You know. And I think a gym in general can be somewhat intimidating to a woman in general. If you go over like the free weights and you got the fucking
1: guys who are like, you what, know, hurling no, weights around. It's kind of intimidating. And just starting with that, just know their name you know and then everything else that follows you know being nice you know being being um warm and welcome to everybody who's new it creates this culture unlike any other gym that i've ever been to doesn't matter whether the gym i've been to but that everybody's nice mm-hmm. i haven't met one person there that i'm like that guy's a dickhead yeah not yet <laughs> no you're <Not> right yet. <laughs> you're right but it's just they created the culture and mm-hmm. i haven't been to the other locations yet but i'm, I'm 100% sure it's the same way mm-hmm. all over there cuz it's all the same people they rotate around so uh like i said they have a really good thing going on. And I'm sure that's, that that business model he's built is going to uh, work
0: well anywhere he goes. Agreed. Number four, number
1: five. number five. Jeff
0: Fenster. Jeff Fenster, my favorite one. You know what's funny is now. I'm biased,
1: though.
0: <laughs> I'm biased, but we also, we've also uh, either before or after, but I think we were customers before. Like the people who come on were in some way customers. Like we we buy blender shit, I we know. wear blenders, we buy Everbold, Jeff's company. We are members of the boxing club. It's really funny that we... So when we give feedback, we give it from so many different angles. As like a peer, as a friend, yeah. as a, par- a business partner, as a member, a customer. Um, so I look at
1: Everbowl. I look, I'm like, we go to Everbowl on a regular basis. I didn't even know.
3: It, I, I Yeah,
1: yeah I, I, I drink their coffee religiously. And then I showed up and I'm like, this is a fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was so hyped up. And then after that, you know, they, they had never been to Everbowl. I think we went right after... The episode and we yeah. had ever bowl and now i have it plenty times this week so yes yeah. it's so good bowls are yeah. good the coffee's good i'm always tagging them i'm telling you i'm i'm, I'm <laughs> shooting for that sponsorship yeah yeah he uh dude what stood out from him is um is what do you
0: talked about opening his first location and he said he technically didn't have the brand name even done mm-hmm. name of the company he at least signed everything he was a month out from opening and he didn't have his first like the uh, the recipes done until yeah. I feel like it was under a month if I remember right it was like a couple weeks out yeah. doing it in his kitchen with his wife having mm-hmm. his friends survey it and people don't hear those stories they just have to assume like you know they maybe it was a a trickle down from a Jamba Juice or it was a preset recipe or maybe it's from another market. i like no these people who are doing what are now big brands which was the purpose of the episode or of the the whole series um, and brand in the weeds. Say, no, people like that, they start from an idea and then the idea turns into fucking around in your kitchen and then fucking around your kitchen. And the big thing that people miss is, okay, now we got to put all that into action and actually be fucking relentless. And and for Jeff and he had a a couple other businesses before that that had nothing to do with hospitality, food service or anything, um, but he had the same work ethic and success that he that he kind of propelled from those. But dude, people have this 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 I think big picture of what it takes to to run the marathon and they don't take the first step. I'm like, no, the first step very easily could be mixing messing with açaí in your kitchen. We're doing it right now. We're doing it right now with the poke shop. You've been in on, on in on a couple of the samplings. We're literally we're borrowing kitchen space cuz our our shop isn't done yet and we're messing with recipes. We've 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 brought on a guy who's a who's a sushi expert so he's kind of giving us tips. But we are just fucking around right now. When the final product's done, no one's ever going to see or know about that. But for sure, I'm going to tell stories about it. And when Jeff said that, I, it made me feel a little bit more at ease because we're going into opening opening uh, a quick service restaurant kind of like he has. But now the guy has, yeah. I can't even keep up with
1: how many. He's got over 30. Uh, just, it's It's—it's growing. They just uh, opened up the, the Union Square in San Francisco one. I know he, I Scottsdale. talked to him. Yeah, they, uh, I think he signed a deal with the Golden One Center in Sacramento. So that they're going to be inside the Sacramento Kings brand new arena, oh, wow. which is insane. I know they're at Petco, at Petco Park. Yeah. So it, it's crazy to see the way it's grown. But to me, what I took away from that story was more importantly for me was where he started and where he's at now. And it was never the the same career trajectory. He just bounced around from one thing to another, but he kept the same principles and he applied them to everything he did. And that guy just kills it. whatever he's done, he absolutely, you know, he turns into a success. So it's, you know, for me, what I took away, it's like whatever you're doing right now might not necessarily be what you're going to be doing five years from now, but, you know, the same principles, keep them. Mm -hmm. Same work ethic, keep it, you know, apply it to everything.
4: And what we're trying to do is bring back that personal element. So we have two rules at Everbull, and there's only two rules to work at an Everbull. It's make friends and have fun. If you can do those two things, you can work with us. If you can't, we'll teach you how to make food. We'll teach you how to count, you know, cash and do restaurant operations. But it's simply make friends and have fun. Make friends with every single person that walks through that door and have fun at work. And if you can do those, we want to hire you. And Mm -hmm. we're trying to bring back that personal side to it, where it's not just like stoic. When you walk in, what would you like? Acai bowl. Next. Like that whole that's what so much quick serve food has turned into, where it's so it's it's almost better to have a digital screen and let me just push the buttons. Mm-hmm. We're really trying to bring back that mm-hmm. human element. And it's cool because so many of our young employees, it's their first job and when they start, they barely can look you in the eye, you know? <laughs> and But when they're been with us six months, by the end, they're greeting every single person who walks through that door, making eye contact. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping, you know, that this experience is gonna propel them forward on that side, because so many, young teenagers are so scared to like get away from this and totally do this.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Talking about those principles for me, was, uh, his process processes, um, that he took from business to business Mm -hmm. to business. Um, and we can see it now with how many stores he's opening, um, and how it's just, it's, it's by the book and everything. It's like, this is exactly what we need to do to open up this store. This is exactly how much it costs. Uh, it's every store looks exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just like taking those processes and, you know, duplicating it.
0: Right. Yeah, definitely. Jeff was a savage. Yeah, still we'll is. Up, we'll follow up with him just to get another bowl. So. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that was five, number six, which was uh, the champ, Phil Davis,
3: um, which was a really unique one to have on. Wasn't expecting him to be like that at all. In what way? In a good way. Like, in, uh he's just so... Uh, Personable mm-hmm. and like fun um, and like dorky and like goofy and like I, I was expecting this big fucking fighter to walk in and just be like well he was a big fucking well fighter. he is a big <laughs> yeah which is like very intimidating and just uh, just not 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 what I was expecting at all but it was it was awesome he was great
0: yeah you know what I think I think it is 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 because those guys train every day they get that shit out of their system. Yeah. they get it out of their uh-huh. system you don't carry it around it's the guys who you see out there like the knucklehead drunks who are out there drinking and whatnot and they don't do that they just carry that around with them so mm-hmm. they gotta they gotta unload it where they can but going back to phil totally agree is i i knew i had a friend of a friend um a guy that i go and, and do some workouts with he's actually a striking coach and it was just um i i know phil's story um i also know phil's been you know he's was the light heavyweight champion of bellator which is the number two MMA promotion in the world mm-hmm. um, next to UFC. It's it's enormous. So that's not a small feat. And I was expecting, um, nah, he he doesn't have the time or can't do it. And fortunately, he's a San Diego guy. Fortunately, we've, we've also hosted him and his wife and other people at some of our events. So there was a connection. But getting him in, I felt like we just got off the ground. And it was a very comfortable, almost like we it was my first time meeting him. Your mm-hmm. guys, obviously, first time meeting him. But it was a really natural conversation. And um, I w- what I was most surprised by is, um, and, and I'm not just gassing him up, I'd say it if he was here, uh, is he's been kind of a, like a champion his whole life.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is,
0: is is I was expecting to hear that, you know, I went through that fucking drought of a lost streak and I got my ass kicked. Like, he's... From when he first started, which was a accidentally, he was invited to wrestling, yeah. and and and, and, and you, have, you can't discredit like he's very like he's got uh, he's talented he's very athletic all that, but that doesn't always mean you're gonna be a fucking gifted champion or mm-hmm. a natural champion. But like hearing a story working into from high school to um, Penn State to you know his first couldn't first fight and he couldn't find a fight because people knew his yeah. his pedigree and that mm-hmm. he was all American several times. Um, and then getting into Bellator, over to UFC. Now he's in—I mean, UFC, then Bellator. The guy's just a fucking champ. Yeah. And regardless of the belt around him, hes hes, he's kind of that champion's mentality, uh, his whole his whole career and life, which is which is really cool to see, and that's really rare too, because a lot of people in in mixed martial arts, man, they they eat dirt for a while, mm-hmm. like for a long, long while. So, I thought his his story was. Was really unique, and, and I don't think... I think his champion's mentality, too, like, I would not cover up the fact that he worked his fucking ass off. Right, yeah. And, like, anybody who's a wrestler and had as many years wrestling understands, like, dude, he's lost track of the amount of hours and time and sacrifice that's gone into it, so not discrediting that, but he's just been a fucking champ.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's silly,
0: but in the moment, when it happens, that's how you capture someone's momentum.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Because... Momentum doesn't actually exist until it does. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not like a a real tangible force. Mm -hmm. And guys can be 50-50, but when someone steals the momentum of a fight, you know it, he knows it, the announcers know it, the crowd knows it. It's a real thing now.
3: Mm -hmm. He he was probably one of the, if not the only episode, where it was uh, a little less in the weeds than everybody Mm -hmm. else was. Um, a lot of other of the guests were a lot, you know, a lot of like me and my mom and my brother were living in a fucking trailer. Right, right. Um, you know, for him, it was just always, yeah, I just kind of fell into it. And I've just been good at it ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, I agree. And I think maybe we, we could have peeled back
0: a couple more layers and found some of that yeah. on like, you know, the camps he went to and the the competitions and the time he said he walked in and he's got all Americans around him and he's just this guy. Mm-hmm. We probably could have poked that a little bit more, but the way the the episode went, we just, you know, kind of kept running to, to where we went. And, um, so again, I wouldn't take away, but he's just, he's just a fucking champ. Yeah. Man. Um, so that was really cool to have on. And definitely from an athlete standpoint, we had one of the, the top top. So we actually have our eyes on a couple, uh, similar. Like we, we liked, I liked the idea of having a. Someone in sports, professional Mm -hmm. sports on here. So we're looking again to do something similar in 2020. Yeah. That was six. Number seven was Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy Langley. And that was a heartfelt one. Yeah. I was going to say it, uh, uh, Jimmy is Mr. San Diego for (laughs) starters. He's known by everyone, loved by everyone. I don't know if I've had anybody say anything ill about Uh the guy, which says a lot, um, but he also has a resume credentials and success stories as a, as a, a entrepreneur and business owner that trumps most people, mm-hmm. especially by his age, under 40, um, which is great. But I, I knew a little bit of Jimmy's story when you say heartfelt, but there's no saying if someone's going to talk about it when they come on. There's mm-hmm. no saying if they're going to be comfortable talking about, and that's what you were saying when you said about living with your brother in a trailer, all, yeah. all that. You know, because it, you got to you got to be willing to slice up and share the humble pie with, with everybody watching with mm-hmm. us. And it was my first time hearing that, but, but he had no problems with set, which says a ton about him. It also mm-hmm. probably says why people like him so much. Cause he just, he pours it out yeah. that way. Um, and, and I think again, going back to what people's impression of is, you know, does an Everbowl come from making it in your kitchen and people don't think that it starts. It's always a silver spoon. Jimmy went like several steps beyond that. I was like, no, dude. Uh, people in his, I mean, he owns Resident Brewing. He owns a chain of restaurants. He's got his investment company. He's got real commercial real estate company. They, the assumption would probably be Jimmy was handed that handed down, you know. And and he talked a lot about his father and or lack thereof. There was none of that. Mm-hmm. So people, I, I think, automatically might just count themselves out if they don't have though like what they f- feel fits the criteria. Mm-hmm. Like there is no fit. Yeah. And Jimmy's a, a walking, talking testament of like, dude, you could have nothing, nothing and just keep pushing the envelope um, the way you do. And and, and he, he walked us through that. And yeah, that's a great way of describing it That for as far as like a recap on the episode. Yeah. At 36, I did what I thought success looked like to me when I was 25. Joined Santa Luz, had a million that's dollar crazy. home, mm-hmm. no personal debt. So now like where do you go from yeah, there, that was right? going my question. Yeah. So it keeps ramping up. Mm-hmm. So my goals now are fucking audacious. They're flat out rude. And and almost <laughs> and, and almost uncomfortable to tell people because because it's I don't really care about them. Like I it's really, it's for it's for me. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is that I want to do I want to have profound impact on a global level. I want to do things that will be of benefit to our society
3: and will live forever. yeah, I mean, my takeaway on that one was aside from his uh very heartfelt opening like that, and like you said, that's probably why people like him so much. He's authentic. he's open to that kind of stuff. Um, but on top of that, as far as like his his business accomplishments and whatnot, um. I think that, I think Alan said it a little earlier. A lot of people um, want things now and think that, oh, okay, I just need to start it and like everything's going to come pouring in um, when that's not the case at all. But a lot of people also are paralyzed by the fact that, oh, geez, like, sure, I can have all of these things that Jimmy has, but I'd have to work at it for 15 years. And that paralyzes a lot of people. Totally. but then, at the end of the day, if you really think about it, and for Jimmy, he started, you know, when he was twenty-one or twenty-two with you know his businesses, um, and now that he's under forty and he's got all this stuff going on, um, like that's not a lot of time. Fifteen years is gonna go; it goes like that, mm-hmm. you know. And if you can put your head down for that long um, and, and really put the work in, um, fifteen years isn't that long. No, man, you know?
0: it's not. And and I think what the problem people also have too is. They look at what Jimmy has now, mm-hmm. or or not just using Jimmy only as an example, and they want that mm-hmm. versus you know just get the first step of that, right? The first restaurant. I, and I don't know. Going back, I think it was more on the real estate side that his first like venture was, right? Yeah. But there was a time in that 15 year span where he just had the one business mm-hmm. that was struggling, getting off the ground. Then you know net, between networking, finding his way, and, and having and, and having the investment backing all that, it led to this one and led to that one. What a lot of people do is they want, I see Jimmy and I want that now. Right. Versus, well, well, and I, I love the, the idea behind our show. is like, no, we go back and we talk about here's. Yeah, you go through that 15 years. Yeah, have the, have the first step and then it'll lead the second step. Mm-hmm. Then you'll be more confident for the third step versus they just want to take the, the jump. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. That rarely pans out. Mm-hmm. So, Jimmy's was rad. Yeah. Um, was that seven? Eight was Evan. Evan.
3: Um, again, a fucking monster. Um, yeah, I think he, he was another one of those, like, uh, like Phil, where he's just kind of just been doing his thing, you know? And mm-hmm. I think he's, he's, you know, he went to college, um, and then he came out as a lawyer. lawyer? Yeah. Yeah. As a lawyer, doing pretty pretty well. College, law school, got a no. job in at a law firm. Um, Does the the tip the whole American dream kind of path, you know?
0: Yeah, which is like the right thing to do. And I want right. to say, if I remember back right, his parents were his dad was maybe a, he was a doctor. Doctor, yeah. Um, so it was kind of just following mm-hmm. that path, which is nothing wrong with it, right? Um, and and if he kept following that, he would probably he'd be. I, I would, from his episode, he'd be less happy for sure, but he'd be financially sound he and well, yeah. still be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's funny because for the people who didn't see, uh, he started Tipsy Elves, which now has um, just gone absolutely out of control. And, and we kind of did some clips from it um, during that episode that he was actually featured on Shark Tank.
2: You're walking down the hallway and they've got like a guy walking backwards with the camera. And then the door is open and then you see these like five people that you've like that are, you know, Mark Cuban like people
3: either you knew about before the show that are just these like mm. billionaire baller mm-hmm. entrepreneurs.
2: In season five, Nick Morton and Evan Mendelson made a deal with Robert Herjavec for their ugly Christmas sweater company, Tipsy Elves. I love the fact that you left a hundred and seventy five thousand dollar a year job to do this because that tells me you're all in my friend. And there's a quick turnaround, I think from the time she reached out and then we found out we were gonna like, we had an
3: official film date and that was, we had like basically a month to prepare. Our company is Tipsy Elves and our slogan is not your mama's Christmas sweater. So here's my offer to you, 100,000 for 10%. Robert, we accept your offer. I think our number one fear was, okay, we're selling like humping reindeer sweater, yellow, (laughs) and we're gonna go on national TV. And like the number one fear was getting like almost just laughed out of there. Before Shark Tank, we had $800,000 in sales. In the two years since making our deal, we've done over $10 million in sales.
0: And I don't know if it's still to date. He was like, I know he was Roberts, who's one of the investors on Shark Tank's mm-hmm. uh, most successful investment story. He's done something like 100 million plus in sales mm-hmm. um, and just continues pushing. Um, but he he was unique because he left a well over six figure like six figure plus kind of like a dan Mm -hmm. job to do this which is is unique and and you talk about like there's a grind in i have nothing and i'm building nothing into something Mm one dollar at a time yeah there's another one like dan similar he walked away from and dan was a lawyer at a massive law firm Mm -hmm. making where you know on that first and 15th not only you got a check you got a check that most people would fucking (laughs)
3: most people are making that commit <laughs> felony <six> crimes <laughs> yeah. to,
0: to get, and you left that to pursue this, which, you know, he had some substance behind tipsy elves at the time, but it definitely wasn't the checks he was getting from the
3: law firm. Well, not only that, but like for Dan, he went from being a lawyer to still being a lawyer, but just doing it his way. Yeah. He Evan went from being a lawyer to some, uh, something he tipsy, completely elves. different industry that, yeah, you know, that he had no idea about.
0: And you got to imagine too, like when, when you're, when, You're a lawyer. A lot of your friends are in the legal field Mm -hmm. or something in that line and and not like putting a label on all of them, but they're very corporate-minded. Right. You know what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to say, hey, I'm starting a yada-yada whatever uh, company. (laughs) Not not just a clothing company, but like a... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. To (laughs) even say, hey, I'm opening up my own firm. Yeah. Okay, you probably get the pat on the back. Uh Oh, yeah. But to go amongst your peers, which are probably a lot of lawyers... Mm -hmm. And say I'm starting a uh, ugly Christmas sweater company, and it's called Tipsy Elves. <laughs> you had to get the, the criticism had to just be lining up totally, and 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 that's why more credit to him. Like you, you saw he saw a void. He did research. He did have some IT background, so he saw people were, were Google searching it, mm-hmm. a, and a lot of them, you know, and 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 sometimes, and dude, I swear by this. Um, sometimes you got to go by your gut IQ. Mm-hmm. And he just had that gut IQ. And, and one of his pieces of advice, too, I know that he said if we were talking to listeners, what would you give them advice? He says, like, test your ideas. So he tested it both, I think, in his peers. And I think he formally put it out, like, on a, some sort of Google. I don't know that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But he at least tested it to get some, like, constructive feedback. Um, but that's a, that's a huge leap. So Evan was awesome. Um, he's definitely someone who I'd love. I, I know their headquarters is in downtown walking distance from here Yeah, so one of those same thing like a chase i'd love to go see their shop and do like, a
3: mm-hmm. Some sort of recap but yeah one last thing that I took from that episode also is be, I know evan a uh, Slightly personal level where I've, I've hung out with him i've gone out with him a couple times um, and he's just a normal dude just like anybody else like any one of us and I think that going back to what you said with like you know people see like a jimmy you're like a jeff and it's like you assume that they were like given mm-hmm. they were handed down whatever they started um yeah i mean they're just all normal people like just normal people who have the belief that they can actually accomplish this certain thing and they put the work ethic and the drive behind it and mm-hmm. they get there it's it's funny because i i think it was chase and i don't know
0: if you said it on camera or maybe we talked off off camera about it but I swear behind it is he said I, there's just there's a lot of people who, uh, it's a quote. Don't don't try hitting a home run for your team when all they need is a base hit. Mm-hmm. And that I think for me is is such a summary. Uh, I'll hit base hits all day, mm-hmm. and base hits will will, will will get you scores and will win you the game totally. And and with Evan even you know like sure you could look at now the Shark Tank the hundred million sale this and that but he was it starts with base hits. Mm-hmm. Chase same thing, get on base stay on base score the fucking run mm-hmm. where a lot of people just keep trying swinging and striking out and there are those times you got to get up to bat and be like i'm fucking swinging mm-hmm. I, i'm i'm swinging <laughs> but it doesn't mean every single time like if your team needs to get you on base get on fucking base and, and i think that's that's maybe the problem is people just like i have to get myself uh equipped and trained and ready to hit a home run like no you don't yeah just keep hitting base hits and wake up tomorrow hit another base hit and another base hit and, and you'll eventually score.
3: Where do you think that comes from? You think that comes from more of like a, like an ego thing where like, I want I want this now. Like I need to show everybody what I can do. Or do you think it comes from more of like a, like I want this so bad. I just want to get it now. Like it's it. Yeah.
0: I, I, I'd like to say the egos. I want it now, but I don't know if it's necessarily like registered as an ego. I just think right now people, they want things instantaneously. They want yeah. the, the quick gratification, but in fairness, aside from what we're showing people is that's all you see you're yeah. seeing the right now
3: yeah especially and you're seeing it quick
0: mm-hmm. and also too and if you could tell me how many people um i unfortunately like a fact check won't check out and i'll be like man who i thought they were mm-hmm. um it, it's really like and, and and most of our opinions based off of you know you see on social what's put out there is they just want it they want to skip steps mm-hmm. and that's why i said they don't and, and there is no what's the glory in being a base base run hitter mm-hmm. what's the glory in it yeah, not much until you fucking score enough runs, and now your team's winning the championship. Yeah. Then it's worthwhile. But I think that there's just a lot of that that steps want to be skipped. And in fairness, totally get it. Yeah, get it. Like I want to skip steps. Steps too. It's it, the likelihood of getting getting around into the home plate though is a lot less. I don't you even know. know if there is a likelihood of that. Right? Small. Like, there, there's you know there's some that just you. There's some, and maybe those are the ones that people cling cling on to. Like right. that, that's gonna be it. Like, well, in the meantime, while you're clinging on to that, I'm gonna be working yeah. base hits, and and I think that for Evan is, I love, dude, love talking about uh, those those weight taking the the time back on when he was leaving the law firm, when he mm-hmm. was like those decisions. To me, it's just as important the decisions he's making now. That is companies like this. But there would be no this mm-hmm. if he didn't make the right decisions back then. Right. And that's where most people fail. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people are failing right now. It's just we also don't sh- – people aren't showing that they're failing. Mm-hmm. So people aren't showing when they get on base. Yeah. It's just a home run. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, Evan was Evan was rad. And then the, l- the last was uh, David Perloff, mm-hmm. which was a fun episode. Um, and David – For people who saw or did not see, David Perloff was the original founder and editor-in-chief of (laughs) Pacific Magazine, which is, um, I don't think there's a magazine that that, uh, holds any weight to it here in San Diego. It's like the number one Mm -hmm. uh, magazine distributed here since I've lived here, since before I lived here. Currently, they've got into digital space. They've gone like a lot of lifestyle. They throw events. Um, they've morphed so big they they got bought out, which while he was still there they're bought out by the San Diego Union Tribune um so they're 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 definitely big time um uh, but David uh, ended up selling and and is out so uh it's funny when I asked him last year to or when we were launching the episode to come on, he wanted to wait until like dust had settled mm-hmm. and kind of got that um, which I totally respect him like yeah definitely because I want to hear uh transition out and where you are now because I mean you, you heard four years prior he tried selling and, yeah. and shit went south. People mm-hmm. backed out. The billionaire here on the Tribune mm-hmm. left or some I, f- I forget the exact story behind it but what we what we really attached ourselves to in the episode was um, when he was working 70, 80, 90 hours a week mm-hmm. um, writing everything approving everything doing fucking
3: everything. everything yeah.
0: Bringing his wife into it to have th- her there and, you know, he even said too. looking back, I think uh, figuring out how to delegate and create those processes probably would have been more advantageous or they would have moved faster. But you got to understand, too, he's he's like the writer's mentality, like the author's mentality. And and he was right. He said somewhere in the episode, like, my name's on the masthead. I'm the editor in chief. Yeah. And also, too, he's it's, it's a new magazine. So you're you're, you're you're still getting judged today as a big name but you're getting judged so more critically when you're new mm-hmm. you know like yeah. you, the the judgments that's passed on you could be like ah eh, who the fuck is this guy yeah, the oh, who guy. the fuck is this brand yeah um the judgment's so quicker so much quicker that um i think he took that and dude i respect that so uh everything you write read or people are absorbing now you're you're converting new customers and new loyal fans and now he's got a, a massive database of fans and now the brand is what it is so it was cool talking to him about that
4: the amount of emotional energy i put into i think it was just ego like i wanted to make sure people think people had to think i was smart otherwise this magazine would have some you know negative impact on my career mm-hmm. my name's on the masthead. i started it i owned it i was the publisher editor has to be perfect mm-hmm. and, and it wasn't there wasn't It just fell. so I, I was working um you know, we're talking about when I was in the weeds, I, I worked 70, 80 hours a week for years and mm-hmm. years and years. And I made a magazine that people said it was great and it was great to read, but it, you know, from a business standpoint, it wasn't so effective.
0: Uh, process and he's just a funny fucking guy yeah he's a goofy <laughs> dude i love him he's a funny fucking yeah. guy I, I love when we get it we always do the the gone in 60 seconds or our hot seat we call it at the end where we just rattle off questions this is off the episode and i mean he definitely mic dropped right at then the yeah, we yeah. said what if you could go back when you're 18 years old three three words <laughs> three words of advice only you could give your 18 year old <laughs> self what would it be smoke less weed and great. he didn't wait no oh it was like you it was right on point i'm uh-huh. like huh And
3: then Cameron off well,
0: you just dropped a big fucking (laughs) mic on us right there. Yeah.
3: But no. His episode was very, uh, I think it was similar to to, to Jimmy's where it was a lot of uh, like personal growth that you could see. Um, He he really walked us through his journey of, um, his personal journey, you know, like his mentality of like starting uh, a magazine from the ground up and then eventually selling it and then just like feeling like he wasn't happy. Um, and now, you know, he's gotten to the place where he's at now where he's like super happy. And uh, I'm pretty sure he was, he said it um, or no, it was, it was a quote by Steve Jobs that he said it was, uh, you can all, you can always connect the dots looking back, not looking forward. Easier. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he, he was he, he's like, that's exactly my life. Like I look back on all of the hard shit that happened all the times I wasn't happy, all the things you know that were going on. And I, now I can see why I needed to go through that to be where I am now, where I'm very happy mm mm-hmm. yeah
0: totally agree it's funny I, I was gonna mention that the connecting the dots mm-hmm. quote because that was that was really interesting and and with the as long career he's had i'm sure now connecting the dots a lot of it makes sense because mm-hmm. he seems very I, and i've known him for years and, and and definitely towards like the thick of of selling the business and, and then he eventually when he sold it to the tribune he technically was absorbed with them so he worked mm-hmm. there as well he was unhappy yeah like he was unhappy and um and I think that's also maybe why he pushed off coming on because he wanted to be in a, a position where he was very happy, content. Yeah. And you just talking to me like he's happy. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? And and it's cool. It's always great. Like Jimmy did the same thing. Other people when they when you're asking questions in here, I think a lot of times you just associate the answers business or professional or all that. Mm-hmm. A lot of his answers are based on his wife and his kid and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, like talking about what's your favorite meal. Oh, the sandwich my wife makes me in the morning. Yeah. You know, what are you most proud of? My wife and my son. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's cool when guys do, when guys sprinkle in that because it probably takes us. I've had this. I've had this lesson learned. You know, you, you get the blinders on, and you 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 kind of starve that part of your yeah hunger. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it it was cool um, getting his take on things and capping off our last podcast of 2019. So uh, yeah, that just leaves us for the new year. And we had a tall order as far as guests go in 2019. Mm -hmm. But who we have lined up in 2020, um, I'm really excited about. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to keep the momentum going with who we had on, the stories we had on. And we're going to become better uh, on our end even too, Mm -hmm. uh, pushing the brand and and all the stuff we talked about that kind of I feel like everything overlaps with uh, every person we've had on so, so far. Uh, so new studios about less than a week from being done and up and running and fresh look, fresh year. Um, don't want to give specific names of who we're having on, but just, uh, we're going to be, we're going to get some exciting, exciting, exciting people on the show. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm
3: excited for, for pushing the brand, uh, forward. And, uh, like I told you the other day, I think that podcasting is really, kind of the next wave of like media um, mm-hmm. that people are just going to be devouring. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited for what we can do with this brand.
0: Yeah, definitely. Me too. And I think
3: now the number one question I get
0: asked is um, how to start a podcast or should <laughs> I, should I start a podcast or I have an idea for a podcast and I could probably answer it here is if you ask the question, should I start a podcast? You shouldn't start a podcast. Yeah. If you ask how, fair question. Yeah. And it's not easy. Um it does take a lot of work depending on to what extent you want to do it. You know, we 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 agreed when we wanted to do it. Um we wanted it we didn't want to cut any corners mm-hmm. from you know the actual studio space to the production, from video to audio. Um, to everything, to to the brand, you know, is, is really dialing in the what our angle is and what we're we're going. So we're not just talking circles every week with someone different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the, the advice. That's it. and that's a good segue as I tell people, because yeah, podcasting is is growing in popularity. That there's going to be a lot more listeners, but there's going to be a lot more speakers mm-hmm. too. Is is figure out what your voice is and what you want to talk about mm-hmm. specifically, you know? And just because something's trending right now, it could just be a trend. Like, so don't just go on and talk about whatever, make make your mission statement or your brand about whatever's cool right now, whatever mm-hmm. other podcasters are talking about, no way. Um, you know, we, we identified, hey, we're, we're all self-employed entrepreneurs in different spaces, but we all like, we've obviously have experience together. We're also all friends, but we also were in agreement that, um, there's a void in people showing uh, the steps that we show and the, fin- the starting line, which we refer to it as, of yeah. building a business, building a business, building a life, um, both personally, professionally, and all that. And so we prep every person that comes on saying, hey, we're going to talk 80% about in, when you were in the weeds and building it, and then the 20 other, other 20% is we'll talk about all the acknowledgments and shit that you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to leave that off the table. Yeah uh and that's and and that's my and it's a good probably way to end is like that that's my advice for people because i don't i don't i'd listen to plenty of podcasts i know you do too mm-hmm. is i there's two parts I'll, I'll be bought in on the person which is important but i'm bought in on what and i just referred to you tony gonzalez's podcast mm-hmm. because i love what he's about yeah you know he's he's about a lot of the and he and he shapes his podcast around that too he's very into uh, personal development and And the human psychology and and he's obviously an athlete but he's also a business owner and all that so i'm like dude i relate to that subscribe yeah and and for some people i I think they're just saying hey there's a channel i'm going to talk no don't do that and if you have to ask to, just because it's being done right now wait until you like you really 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 want to talk about something and then other people will want to listen so yeah but solid Next time you'll see us in a nice, pretty room. (laughs) Rock and roll.